Sorry, Maybe. I just threw a pen at my face. Where did it's the I second it. time you've done that this episode. I'm playing, I have a pen looped into a rubber band that I'm like fidgeting with. <laughs> it's clearly going so well. Uh, Welcome to the Ice Garden. Music with the, the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Music with the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Dabro pashala with Ice Garden. Bienvenido al hadin. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, and I'm here with my co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, what's up? Not much. Um, I discovered, like, canned wine. I'm just going to skip right into the what we're drinking portion of the talk. Well, you need to tell this whole story, because before the podcast started, you were like, I accidentally bought $40 of canned wine. And I'm like, how do you yeah. accidentally buy $40 of canned... Like, that's not something you do by mistake. Well, it is when they don't put the price on the cans. So what did you do? So I went to, like, the wine shop by my... that When I get off my train, it's, like, on my walk home. Because... I didn't want to drink beer tonight, and they usually have cans of wine there. So I stopped, or they I, or they at least have refrigerated wine, so I wouldn't be drinking, like, a room tap wine. God forbid. I stopped in and found these cans of wine, and I was like, oh, dope. So there's no price on them in the, in the refrigerator, and okay. they don't really tell you how much is in it. I mean, they say that there's, like, 375 milliliters, that they're 11% alcohol, but I didn't really, like, for me, that doesn't mean anything. That's just a few numbers. So I was like, okay, cool. I grabbed one of each kind. They had like a pink one. They had like a rosé, a pinot grigio, and a rosé wine. I don't understand how it was different than the other rosé. I haven't tried it yet. And so I grabbed two rosé bubbles. Just because I want like four seemed like a good number to get. <laughs> okay. Right? And then I go up to the register and they have another one sitting there. I, oh, I got four because I wanted to drink two tonight. That was that was the plan. Okay. I'm going to go up to the register, and they have, like, the display of them there. And it says one can equals half a bottle of wine. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm only drinking one tonight. <laughs> the girl doesn't need to be drinking a full bottle of wine alone on Tuesday night. I mean. And then I found out that they had another kind, like another colored can. Uh-huh. And I was asking the guy working at the wine shop, I was like, oh, like, what's your favorite one? And he was like, oh, actually, the only one you don't have. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll try one of those, too. So I just grabbed it. And then he rings me up, and it's $40 because I got five cans of wine, and they were $8 each. That seems really expensive, especially if each can is supposed to be, like, half a bottle of wine. Like, that's I mean, a- like, in theory, then... It's like a $16 bottle of wine, which is usually what I pay for wine, a whole bottle anyway. That's more than I spend on wine, but I buy yes, really that's shitty because, wine. <laughs> that's also because you live in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Excuse you. This is not the middle of nowhere. There's a city nearby. There's just, there's just like not much around the city, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I usually, like, when I buy bottles of wine, they're at least, like, $13. Yikes. So, like, $16 isn't terrible. 
I guess they, I guess there is a way then you can buy $40 of wine accidentally. But I would yeah. have been like, mm, take some of these back. Like, I didn't want to spend that much. Actually, I probably wouldn't have. I would have been like, whatever. Yeah, I just, I like the concept of canned wine. And this one actually is pretty good. So I popped open the Rosé Bubbles. It's an Oregon-grown wine. It's called Underwood. It's by Union Wine Co., made in Oregon. Underwood Rosé of Wine. Oh, this is really hard to read the can. Oh, my God. I love it. Their, like, tagline. We love our wine. We just don't drink it with our pinkies in the air. Hashtag pinkies down. (laughs) Which I feel like is pretty neat. Oh, there are notes of wild strawberry fruit cocktail and tart cherry. Did you not read this before you bought it? No. What are you kidding me? I just grabbed them. I mean, okay, fair. (laughs) Uh, I need that sounds good. Canned wine is something that I probably need to invest in. I like it because I can like just have one and not feel the need to like down a whole bottle of wine for fear of it going bad. Well, if I drink one out of a bottle, like it's pretty easy for me to like go and just refill my glass when I finish one glass. But if I have it in a can, like I'm going to finish one and be like, okay, that's good. That too. Especially because like what we're doing, the podcast, I put the rest of them in the fridge, Mm. which I mean, I can get, cause I podcast on my phone. I can get up and do it whenever I want. Wow, that must like, be nice. You know, I'll one day I'll stop spending money on wine and instead buy a good microphone. Anyway, how are I, you? I'm good. Uh, I'm just drinking. I'm doing. I didn't do wine this week because I feel like I've done a lot of wine recently. So I'm doing um, a hot chocolate with Kahlua in it. Oh, that actually is it cold enough to do? Well, I guess. Well, that's why I'm doing it because it's like we're it's starting to get to like the spring weather, so I'm like, this is going to be one of my last opportunities to drink yeah. hot chocolate. I mean, I'm still going to drink hot chocolate because I drink it year round. Don't judge, but like this is the last time, one of the last times I'm going to be able to drink it without getting judged. I don't judge. Mm, okay. Well, not. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't judge you for drinking hot chocolate year round. Okay, good because I do. I judge you about other things, like whatever that weird milk drink is that you put alcohol in. Uh, Somebody told me that they would also drink that, so at least Mm. it's not just me. I'll still judge that person as well. When you come out here, finally, I'll make it for you and you can try it. I'm not drinking alcoholic milk, Hannah. (laughs) That's kind of what it is, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's really good, though. But it's alcoholic milk. Okay. One day we'll do an episode that's just entirely alcohol, but we want need to get to the hockey of the weekend because the regular season, the regular season in North America at least, is over. The no, end the of whole, not just the regular season, the whole season. The whole season. <laughs> the playoffs, so everything. Over. The NWHL and the CWHL had their playoffs this weekend, again, on the same day. <sighs> it's fine. Is that where we're starting? Or do we want to get, like, a little more drunk and yell about that? Um, well, I'm trying – I'm just giving some context. We can we can talk more about how stupid that is later after we've had some more alcohol. Or you want to start with Clarkson or Isabel? Uh, let's start with Clarkson solely because it happened earlier in the day. Okay. Clarkson – Also – Yeah. I didn't – okay. Fully going to admit this. I definitely had the time wrong for what time both of these games started. What time did you think the game started? Like 
five and seven, nah. not one and three. Nah. I was so all of a sudden what? I'm seeing tweets about the Clarkson Cup starting as I'm driving to work, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm missing that game. Well, Clarkson started at noon, so there's that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, noon it, one. Yeah, noon would have been about the time I was in the car. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, it was kind of a weird. Well, the reason the Clarkson was at noon was because the they had it at Rico this year, Rico Coliseum mm. in Toronto, and the Marlies had the building too on that Sunday at at four thirty. The Marlies are the AHL team in Toronto. For those of you that don't follow. The boy hockey. The men's hockey, which is, you know, whatever. So it was Conlin and Markham, which if you follow the CWHL or you listen to last week's podcast, you would know in the final, which I don't think a lot of people anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually, so I was there. I, I traveled to Toronto for Clarkson. Um, there was actually quite a bit of media there, which... Didn't really shock me with all of the, like, kind of buzz around one league leading into the playoffs. And also just, like, we generally see, at least in the CWHL, pretty good crowds for All-Star and Clarkson. They usually have a pretty mm-hmm. good media turnout. Um, There's always a little bit of an uptick. Mm-hmm. There was somebody from the, the Toronto Star was there. Uh, Sportsnet had somebody. Um, the Hockey News sent Ken Campbell. Um Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why. Um, and then there were a lot of um, SB Nation people. Victory, there was someone, uh, Kirsten Whalen from the Victory Press. Um, a ton of photographers, league photographers. Um, so it was a nice turnout from a media perspective. The game was also really entertaining. So Markham ended up winning their first ever Clarkson Cup uh, in overtime. Which, like, made it, was just, oh my god, it was super dramatic. Like... Like, I don't know where to start. Do we want to go, hmm, how do I want to... Why don't, ooh, I'm going to time you. Do you want to do a 30-second recap of the game? I do, kind of. Let's try this and see what happens. Hold on, I have to find the timey thingy on my phone. Michelle and I have been talking about trying to do, like, like timed stuff, um, and we just haven't actually done it, but we were chatting about it again today, and so... Do Do you want to do 30 seconds or 45 seconds? Let's do 45 We've also we've been talking about doing this for a while. We I just know. haven't found a good medium for it. We talked about doing like five minute long segments because if you listen to us regularly, you know we tend to get a little off topic and also ramble and which is, expound upon things which for a while. Part of our charm, but also sometimes it's gets definitely a, part of our charm. It gets a little long winded sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes hashtag Bulgaria. So let's do let's do a forty five second recap and then we'll, we can kind of okay. dive into some of the oh god I'm really nervous. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, yeah. What noise do you want me to make when I when it's over? Do like an eh. Okay. Actually, or do whatever your heart tells you. I don't know. I, yeah, I was gonna say whatever comes out of my mouth might just happen. Yeah, that's fine. It's pretty much the story of my life. Okay. Anyway, ready, set, go. So the game was between the Markham Thunder and the Cumberland Red Star. And and Markham scored first, like I think pretty quickly into the first period, which and I was like, oh god, it's over. Okay, Markham's gonna come out and just do everything. Except Nora Rachu was really good, like she's been all year and was doing really good at like stopping. The puck went through the crease like three times, like trickled through the blue paint, and the crowd almost like lost its mind. 
and then Devin Skeets took a penalty because that's what Devin Skeets does, and Cunlin tied it up. And so it was 1-1, and there were a lot of good chances in the third, and then it went to overtime, which was going to be a five-minute four-on-four thing, and the media got really pissed about it. And Alex Carpenter had a breakaway in overtime, and I thought she was going to score the game winner, and I almost screamed, but didn't because she didn't score the breakaway goal. And, oh, no, and then they scored, and then Markham scored in overtime. That's really hard to know where you're at on the time. <laughs> I know, that was really funny. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, she's talking a lot about the blue paint. That was like, well, that was a really vivid, like, in the first period, like, you know when you see, like, the puck, like, it just, like, goes through the blue paint but, like, doesn't cross the goal line? Like, it did that, like, three times in, like, eight minutes. And the crowd was like, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, they were terrified. I love those games. I know. Like, Nora Ratu... Nora Ratu was so good. And, like, okay, let's start here. Nora Ratu did not win the CWHL MVP for, like, or, or um, not the CWHL MVP, the the MVP of the game. And, like, Erica Howe got it, which, like, I, she won. Like, she was on the winning team, and she did have a really good game. But Markham outshot Cunlin like, 2-1. to one. It was, like, 39 shots to 18. So, like, Nora had way more saves that she had to make and like they announced erica howe as mvp and like the crowd cheered or whatever and then it got quiet and there was a guy (laughs) in the crowd that goes she was robbed 37 saves and i was like i love you and like but like she was she if you're gonna pick a goalie nora was the better goalie even though she gave up a goal in overtime but like the goal that she gave up, like, it's not like she... It was a good goal. Like, it wasn't like it was a fluky one or anything. She couldn't have stopped it. It was it was kind of a tough game to pick an MVP from, just because it was a low-scoring game. Not, not a ton happened. But, like, Nora probably could have won. The, although, somebody mentioned the other thing. Like, the MVP got a check for $1,000, although we still don't know if it's $1,000 in actual money or $1,000 in gong show gear money. <laughs> No, I don't think I don't think Erica knew because we asked her post game. She's like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go celebrate. I'm gonna go back celebrate. Um, She's like, I'll figure that part out later. If I have to get a thousand dollars in like random hockey gear, not even gear, random hockey paraphernalia, like hats, like just buy a bunch of hats for your teammates or like sign them and sell them on eBay and like make some extra cash. Um, uh, but actually, but like, Erica Howe, that's a great idea if you're listening. To yeah, me. or like jerseys. You can sell them for more. Anyways, but like Nora doesn't really need that money because she has the uh, the coach ambassador stuff that she's making. So like I don't think that's what actually played into it. But like long story short, Nora should have won MVP. Fight me. Don't at me. Don't at me. Youth say. Yeah, as the kids say. Who scored that game-winning goal yeah, in overtime? Because I, I, you forgot that part well, in your 50-second recap. I panicked because you made the, the end sound. I was like, oh, God, I didn't even say who won. Um, so the, game, the game-winning goal was um, Laura Stacy off of just, like, this beautiful pass from Nicole Costa, who I don't think got enough credit in, like, post-game because everyone was like, Laura Stacy, yay! And I'm like, okay, but can we talk about that assist? Because it was perfect. So it was it was a two on one like giveaway at the blue line or not a giveaway at the blue line but like it was a two on one Markham like there was nothing that Nora could have done it was like textbook like if Markham could have drawn up a play like they couldn't have executed it any better and like Laura Stacy kind of like fell over and we were talking to the, some of the players post game oh who was it that skated over to her first it might have been Costa 
uh, one of the Markham players was like, I skated over to start celebrating, and I just tried to make sure that, like, nobody, like, squished Laura when she was on the, the ice, like, because she was, like, falling over and everyone was starting to dogpile on her. She was like, I just wanted to make sure she didn't get squished. Okay, but, like, actually, that's my biggest concern when players do, like, the dogpile celebration is, like, it must suck to be on the bottom. Like, Laura Stacy's jersey had Also a, smelly. Laura Stacy's jersey had a rip in it, and I thought it was in the celebration, like, because she went and did post-game, and she's got, like, this big tear in her jersey. And she's like, oh, no, that happened on the play before the goal. I think she got, like, hooked, or somebody's skate came up and, and cut her, like... She was like, it's whatever. Like, it's fine. I, I really did think, though, like, that Cunlin was maybe going to win it. Just because, like, again, Raju was really good. And, like, she, she kept them in the game. And, like, after that triple yeah. overtime game last week, I was kind of like, if they, I mean, if they're in a game long enough, like, just sheer determination, they can pull a win out. Right. But... But that was not what happened. Although, I'm so... Markham is such a good story. And, like, I don't think we talked about them enough this year. Just because, like, there was so much to talk about. Yeah. But, like, they are a very good story. And and they talked about how, um, in post-game, like... Because they got off to a really bad start. I think they had, like, a nine-game yeah. losing streak or whatever. Um, and they said they went to China for their games and did really poorly and kind of came back. And, like, kind of, like, had a had a talk. And they were like, okay, like, we can, we can do this. We need to hit the reset. And, like, they started to believe in each other. And they started to win. And then they got Megan Bozek. And then they got their Olympians back. And, then, and they just kept rolling. And... I feel like they kind of had a rough off-season, too. What do you mean? Like, be- pre- like, before last season, I feel like they... Between them moving from Brampton to Markham, they lost a, a, a decent amount of players, both to centralization and just, like, to the end of. Well, um, no. Well, actually, no, you're right. They did. They lost uh, Jess Jones and Rebecca Vint. Yeah. Buttes. Which, like, those are two... I mean, they also gained Devin Skeets. But, um, but I mean, Jess Jones but, and Devin Skeets are not the same player, you know? Yeah, like, Exactly. And I feel like we always talk about teams, like, especially in women's hockey, taking a little bit longer. Your season is shorter, and also your practice schedule is a lot shorter. You're not practicing together every day. So I think we're seeing teams, especially ones that have a lot of change in the offseason, taking longer to come into themselves. Um, I want to look at this roster because as much as they did get some new players, like because of um, like the loss of Jess Jones and Rebecca Vint, th- this isn't a roster to me that looked a whole lot different from last year's. Like um, uh, like Jocelyn LaRock, Laura Fortino, Laura Stacy all came back and they had been part- members of this team before. Like um, Nicole Brown... Nicole Costa, I think, has been on this team before. Jamie Lee Rattray, Jenna McParland. Erica Howe has but, been on that team forever. Liz Knox has been on that team before. Like, the core, I think, has been there a while. And so... But still, they lost, like, three Olympians and two... Right. Probably supporting cast. Oh, and I think yeah. similar to how we talked about with 
the pride last episode, you're going to see some growing pains at the beginning as players learn to come into their new roles of, okay, we had this, like, there were three Olympians that left, we said? Yeah, mm-hmm. there are three Olympians that left. Like, that's a whole line, essentially. Um, like, how do you come into yourself, into the team? Right. But I think because it wasn't an entirely new, so like because you didn't lose those players and have like a brand, a ton of brand new people, like mm-hmm. they were able to get through those growing pains. Like, I mean, Faster. I guess, you know, there's, you could be like the pride where you have a lot of returning players and, and it just doesn't click. It just doesn't work. You don't figure it out. But like, yeah, Markham kind of had this like perfect like arc where, you know, you do struggle at the beginning, but you know, the players who needed to step up, like, stepped up this year. Uh, Jamie Lee Rattray, who's always been good, but, like, she knew she needed to elevate her game without some of those Olympians there, and she did. Jenna McParland, um, I wish I had, like, their their score sheet in front of me because, like, they, we've talked about this in past episodes. Players stepped up and filled in those supporting roles, and then you get those mm-hmm. Olympians back on top of players who are already playing well. Like, that's it. And and Erica yep. and Erica Howe is just she's so underrated. Like I feel mm. like she kind of got her her dues like for what she did for this team like in the past like playoff run. But like when you have goalies like Charlene Labonte in the past and like Emirates Mashmeyer gets a lot of press and she's you know excellent at what she does. Um, Christina Kessler's been great for the Furies. Like Erica Howe gets lost in the mix. I think. She was brilliant for them this series. So good. I would kind of argue that all of Markham kind of flies under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely, like like we were saying, there's three Olympians that left. But, I mean, you have Jamie Lee Rattray, who probably played so much of a supporting role and then really stepped up this season. Um, I think they, I don't want, I struggle to call them the underdogs because they're not necessarily the underdogs, but I feel like they're just a solid team. And I, I, I don't want to keep comparing CWHL to NWHL teams, but they kind of remind me of the Riveters mm. in that they're just like a very complete package team. You know what I mean? Where there's not like one big name or a few big names necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's just like, yeah. A bunch of really good players that all play together well. They're not like Lake Canadian, where you've got like a Marie Philippe Poulin or a Carolyn yes. Boulette or a Charlene Labonte or an Emirates Mashmeyer. Like the star power, the star power is there, but like when you talk about Canadian Olympians, you talk about Poulin, you don't talk about like Stacy, who who mm-hmm. got the game winning goal in OT. Like, and and maybe we should be, but I think you're right in that Markham has really. I mean. When they were still Brampton, too, like, they've always kind of been a bubble team. They haven't been mm-hmm. super great. They haven't been super bad. They've just kind of been there. And they've been yeah. like that for a long time. Like, they haven't ever really, like, established themselves. But they're never, like, they're never bad. They're always, they're in every game. And, like... I, I like the term bubble team. Yeah. Because that's what they are. They're just, like, they're always floating at the edge. And this year was it was finally the year they really took that extra step and like yeah, like and they were just like so and and I and what I love too is like 
um, how excited like the city of Markham is for them. Like the mayor mm-hmm. of Markham was like stoked when they first moved. Like he was just so excited to have a team in the city and there was a press conference and he was just like over the moon about it. He tweeted after they won. He's like the week of March 26th through March 30th or whatever is now Markham Thunder week. Like he's declared it an official week in the city of Markham in honor of their win. I think that's been something that's really great to see is that, you know, Markham, the Thunder moved from Brampton to Markham this season um, for reasons we never found out, right? Um, I mean, I think it was, I th- Markham's been a better place for them. I think maybe, we, I mean, I'd like to talk to them, maybe their GM about it, but like, I mean, they've got they got better facilities. They got more yeah. support from the city. Like, just right, the rink they were in was like kind of old and like cute, but like not a great rink. Like, yeah. I think like that's something that's been really positive about Markham this season is like the move to the city of Markham has been so embracing of their team. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't I don't know if I'm saying words correctly. Like this like one's the, the very city, strong. I'm the not city embraced them. <laughs> Um, and I think that's been really great to see just the outpouring of support, um, especially in women's hockey where that's kind of hit or miss, mm-hmm. you know, you see teams like, um, Lake Canadiens where Montreal has embraced them a lot. And, um, you contrast that with the blades where they're the Boston blades, but really they've had a lot of problems being embraced by actual Boston. Um, they've bounced around a lot from playing in Marlboro to playing in Boston proper to the season playing in Waltham. So it's just, I, it's really nice for me to see a team like loved by their city, mm-hmm. especially from like a government level with the mayor. Oh yeah. It's like, a, it's a great feel good story. Like it, it, yeah. it is the, the, perfect end to the season for them and and what was great was um yeah it was erica howe who said she was she's going on vacation shortly after to nicaragua for two and a half weeks and she actually rescheduled her trip and what does this mean for you the win mean for you and what do you uh, well, I'm leaving for Nicaragua on Wednesday for backpacking. I, I, I pushed it back, but I mean, just celebrate with our teammates, you know? It's been a journey all year. We're best friends. We had that time in China. Like, we just want to celebrate together and, and enjoy each other's company. You push it back. <laughs> well, I planned it all along that it was gonna it was gonna leave right then, right after the Clarkson Cup. But now I'm like, what, what do we have time to hang out? And I'm leaving. I'm gonna miss my friends. It's, I stupidly planned my vacation for next year, like possibly during hockey season. And I'm very nervous. Like when during hockey season though? Like playoffs or like regular season? No, no, no. Like during the beginning. Like I'm gone for a week in the beginning of September. Oh girl, you'll be fine. The stuff didn't start until October this year. I know. I'm just hoping that I'm Okay. Because you know me, I have such hard, bad, like, pretty bad FOMO, especially at the beginning of the season when I'm not burnt out. Um, yeah, so you, let's talk about um, the broadcast for CWHL. Oh. Because this was, actually there were a couple, like, 
things, actually, not just a couple, there were a few, like, I don't know how to describe this, bones of contention that popped up. Um, I think that's a good way to describe it. So, but and, and one of them was, from fans' perspective, um, the fact that this game was not available in the United States. Um, the CWHL has had a deal with Sportsnet for the past few years. I want to call. I want to say it's been a three-year deal. Um, and in the past, they've broadcast um, the All-Star Game on Sportsnet. Uh, the Clarkson Cup has been on Sportsnet before. And so it was again this year, but that means that unless you're in Canada, you can't watch the game. So, and there wasn't another way to stream the the game in the U.S. And it's the, it's the Canadian Women's Hockey League, like, but you do you have fans in the U.S. and then you have a team in the U.S. and the fact that they didn't have a way to like broadcast that to them was like it it's not a good look and the league is a the league is aware of it but like it's not it's not good like i just i i really think it hampers this idea of hashtag one league and hashtag grow the game that people here like people in the u.s are interested in the cwhl especially as we see um u.s national team players and like I mean because there's always been U.S. players that have been playing in the CWHL but U.S. national team players big names like Megan Bozak and Hillary Knight moving over and Alex Carpenter of course right I don't know why I keep forgetting about Alex like like and Kelly Um, Stack and Zoe and Cheyenne D'Archangelo like but imagine if Hillary Knight had made this final and then you couldn't watch in the U.S. there'd be like riots on the twitter sphere there, i mean and there were riots on the twitter sphere even without her like it's just i think it hampers the uh, growth of the game yeah i agree because i do think like so both of the games were played on sunday but they if you were a fan i know you hannah missed the first game this uh the isabel and i due to poor planning missed mm-hmm. the clarkson uh but if you were a fan, you, could you imagine have like, so it's noon, you sit down, possibly with brunch, if you're like me and don't really start your Sundays until 11 o'clock. You sit down, you're having brunch, you get to watch the Clarks then streamed. You take a little bit of a break, because let's say it goes till three. Well, not even a break, because you could have just gone straight into yeah. the Isabel. You could have watched both. You e- could have watched easily. hockey. You could have watched two championship hockey games back to back like how it's such a missed opportunity I think for the CWHL and for women's hockey in general to not cater to a larger audience and like I get that Sportsnet probably had like sponsor issues or like streaming rate issues Mm -hmm. I just and and the CWHL has to respect that from a business standpoint in terms of catering to them and that probably lucrative deal. But it's just like, we really couldn't find a way to like not have it be such an issue because it just doesn't look good. No. And like I talked to um, their communications director um, and he said he's, they're, they're going to try to get like an archive of the stream up after the fact, but 
like it's a streaming rights issue like Sportsnet yeah. broadcast it in Canada so like whether or not that's something they're going to be able to do like it's not clear but I hope because I believe this was the last year of the Sportsnet deal so for me the kicker is going to be next season does the league renew like with the same terms and conditions or whatever or do they try and find a way to broadcast that allows both that, that allows any audience to see it because it wasn't just people in the U.S. who couldn't watch. If you were a fan of the CWHL and you were in literally any other country, you couldn't watch. So, like, whether that... Just, and it's, it's so and disappointing it's so, to me. Well, but it's, it's also so tricky, too, because, like, it was on TV in Canada. So, like, if you were Canadian, like, that's reaching a larger Canadian audience than it would have if, say, it was on just, like, YouTube stream. So, like, that's good. But, like, you're still limiting your audience to just this one geographic location, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. So, I just... For me, uh, it's going to be, what does the league do next season? Because they know it's an issue. They do. Yeah. And so, are you going to remedy it? Are you going to... Or is this not high on your list of priorities? I, I really hope they're going to remedy it. And especially if we see a... If we see more U.S. players... Mm-hmm. changing leagues is that I want to be able to watch Hillary and I play like from a hockey fan perspective I love watching Hillary play and if I am like not div- if I'm missing that opportunity I feel like it just creates a worse PR standpoint for the CWHL and also just so much ill will is that what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say bad Juju, bad, <laughs> bad blood, bad blood, like bad I sentiments. Bad I knew I would get you singing, Taylor. Okay, I'm the one who said bad blood. And I know, then, and then I got it in my own head. But yeah, you are the reason I'm singing it. So good job. I know. Um, it just it, it like, yeah, bad blood towards the CWHL from American fans, and I think that's not something that should be happening. Yeah, I agree. The The other big thing that kind of came up um, after the game. Sorry. It's okay. It's not stuck in my head. And It's stuck in my head, too. It's fine. Um, you see, the other big thing that kind of popped up after the game. Um, I'm going to try. I might cut this. I might try and put in the actual audio of what happened in in this clip because in the post game scrum they did bring out Brenda Andrus, which I was happy that they did because I know the NWHL did not have Danny Ryland available for media, and so <sighs> which is a whole other topic that we might talk about when we get to the end of. But uh, she came out and addressed the media briefly. Um, I think there were a few more questions that we could have asked her, but she um, she hung around for maybe five minutes. And Ken Campbell was asking for comment about the one league situation. Mm. Brenda, what did you make of Cassie Campbell's comments about the, how the two commissioners should get in a room and get this thing done to, to create one league? What did you make of that, and how do you respond to it? I think today's game showcased uh, what our league is about. I think today's game showcased the uh, professionalism. I think it showcased the skill of the game, and I think that's what uh, that's what this day is all about. But do, do you agree? Do, do you have any response to her comments? 
again, I would say that today's game was exceptionally well played, oh, and the game is about the two what teams, about and the Markham team in itself has won, has done so much to grow the game, and has so much to do with the community, and that's what today is about, and that's what should be about. These ladies play very hard all year. It's their day, and this day belongs to them. So you won't respond directly to her comments then, or? I think I have responded. Uh, not directly. Does anybody else have any other questions? Ken is so not used to being in a women's hockey scrum. Nope. He did not give two shits. And, like, it was the most... It was, like, an extremely tense and, like, awkward situation to be in. And, like... Oh, I... I can picture all of the normal... Normals. The usuals, I guess is the right word. The regulars. The regulars. Thank you. Like, like locking eye contact and being like holy shit he doesn't know what he's doing does he well it wasn't just the regulars but like everybody was just like this is super awkward and like like Brenda made it very clear after her first statement like she wasn't going to talk about it and yeah. Ken decided that he didn't want to take that for an answer and I was kind of like okay Ken you do you like what whatever I feel like we could talk forever about like the journalists that parachute in for this bullshit. Yeah. But, like, also, I think this this one league stuff, I don't know if there's much more to say. Like, I feel like it kind of came to a head. Because now we're going to go into the offseason, right? So if something's going to happen, I guess it could happen in the offseason. And, like, maybe we get an announcement. Like, maybe the Markham Thunder will play the Ribs in, like, a one-game, like, crossover series. But, like, that's not something. Like, that's that's a pipe dream. Like, it's not something that's, like... As I'm scared as... of that happening in the off season when like no one's around. Well, like every freaking year, it's like oh, women's hockey off season. Like things are gonna be quiet. Everything's gonna be fine. And then like freaking like the CWHL expands to China or like the NWHL exists, like pops into existence. Like this shit happens every year. And so I'm like, nothing's gonna top China except maybe a merger or like one of the leagues folding. But like, okay. Like, we don't know. I honestly, I think, like, women's hockey is the reason I have an anxiety problem. <laughs> That's obviously can, gross it exaggeration. It contributes but... to uh, in my anxiety. That's for sure. Yeah. It does not help it. No. Nope. Um, yeah, so that was just kind of an awkward, like, post-game thing. But I, like... Brenna doesn't want to talk about it. Danny clearly doesn't want to talk about it because she didn't make herself available. And, like, I think they'll do interviews, like, before and after about it. And also, like, um, I think both leagues kind of want to move on from it. And I know yeah. that, like, the players don't and, like, some staff don't. And, but, like, it's ultimately probably going to come down to, like, the commissioners. And if they don't want to talk about it, I, I don't know that we see a change. I mean, it all starts and ends with the commissioners, especially considering Danny is the founder, right. commissioner, owner, essentially, of the NWHL. It starts and ends with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she doesn't want to talk about it, if she doesn't want to deal with it, if she doesn't want it, there we go. We're at, we're at square one, basically. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears and talk about the NWHL, uh, the Isabel Cup. Uh, do you want to try a 45-second recap? Uh, 
Sure. I was watching the stream, though, not actually there because I didn't have the money to go to New Jersey for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Because we do this on our own time. Um, okay. It's like I said for your birthday tweet, like, happy birthday. Here's to many more trips together, but maybe not on our own time. I would love to, to be able to do women's hockey stuff and not have to pay for it. That'd be great. <laughs> And not have to be like, oh, we could eat here, or we could go to Panda Express. <laughs> um, okay, forty-five oh, seconds. God. On, forty-five now seconds. Now nervous, right? It's so it's terrifying. Okay, forty-five seconds on the clock. Ready, set, no, go. Uh, um, okay, so the game was uh, for the first time they played it. We're like at the highest seed, so it was played in the Riveters' home rink. It was a sellout, which is, like, super awesome. Uh, the crowd looked really big. There was a lot of people standing along the boards. Um, it was a low-scoring game, which is pretty rare for the Riveters. It was The end score was one nothing. Spoiler alert, the Riveters won, which you probably already know. Uh, Alexa Gorishow, Gorashu, yep, anyway, <laughs> scored, uh, like, pretty early in the first period with a, like, crazy goal, where she kind of, like, did this, like, levitating kind of thing. Like, you've seen that Bobby Orr picture, like, the statue that's outside TD Garden. That's kind of what it was like, but not really at the same time. Um, and then nobody scored for the rest of the game, which means that person, Katie Fitzgerald, uh, had a shutout through the playoffs. Hey, at least I got in who won the game. You know what, though? Okay. You had one goal to do. You had <laughs> Alexa Grushow, whose name you could not pronounce, and that was it. And Katie Fitzgerald, who you forgot. Also, you spent the first three seconds going, ah. <laughs> I mean, we, that's, can that we, was pretty, that 45 seconds was pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah, pretty accurate. Um, can we talk about that Alexa Grushow goal? Yo. I watched that probably 10 times in the Clarkson Cup press box. And, like, the people who were sitting next to me, I was like, look. Look at this goal. Look at how pretty it is. Look at it. And they're like, wow, that's a really good goal. And I'm like, okay, no. Look at it. It's she beautiful. Like, levitates. Like, literally levitates over Levier. She, <laughs> I'm trying to make a pun off that. It's not working. When yeah, Guardium... I could get. When Guardium Leviosa... No, because that would have meant like Levy, Levy, Amanda Levier had leviated. Maybe she was trying Not. to. I don't Levy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I was impressed that she got the shot off, like falling in the air. She also went. She went top shelf. Like yeah. Like I don't under. I don't. I can't comprehend I, how she did it. Listen, I don't even have the, like, capabilities as a human to know where my body is when I'm falling. <laughs> Let alone have the capabilities to know where my body is while I'm falling and shoot the puck. Top shelf. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just can't. I just can't. I can't. It. Um, can we also talk about how much I love Katie Fitzgerald? Yes, we can. Because she's pretty incredible. I have that gif of... Her goal just going. <laughs> I need to stop it. Um, Grushaus? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that you were talking about Katie Fitzgerald. I'm like, she didn't score a goal? She had back-to-back. Like, she had two shutouts in her two playoff games. Like, she did not allow yeah. a single goal in either game. Which is crazy. But and she's awesome. So good. That's why she's goaltender she of the year. So... No, she wasn't. Yeah, she, she was. What? No, she wasn't. She was robbed. She was robbed. 37 saves. 
or however many saves she made. Twenty-eight. <laughs> it all comes from Zarka. Twenty-eight saves. Um, oh God. Sorry, Amanda Levier. You were good too, but like, Katie Fitzgerald is better. It's just so the fascinating thing to me is that this is probably, I think, the lowest scoring game the Riveters have all season. Well, the, they but- were, the Buttes like gave them a run, but they were pretty much consistently winning by four or more goals for the, a long time. Um, yeah, their offense was their biggest weapon all season. Oh yeah, they had two two to one games. They lost to the Buttes in the second to last game two to one, and they beat the Pride two to one. But that was the second half of that home and home with between the Pride and the Riveters, uh, which is a pretty rare occurrence um, two games in one weekend, especially a home and home is a pretty rare occurrence in the NWHL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that it was so low scoring, I don't want to say it was surprising, but was interesting to see for the Riveters. Well, I think it is kind of surprising because, you know, you expect this, this team to be, a, you know, a high scoring group. That's kind of how they've defined themselves all year. And like, I think, as we've seen, like the low scoring games where they haven't scored three or four or five goals are the ones which like, I don't know, you expect this, I guess, with any team, but like the games where they're not scoring goals, this sounds so dumb and cliche. Like they they are the ones where they struggle. To me, it speaks more to like, and this isn't to say the Riveters are unconditioned, like a non, a a poorly conditioned team, but Mm -hmm. it's the end of a season, especially in the NWHL where we're play- they're playing so few games mm-hmm. and probably practicing so little, it seems almost natural that the score might have been a little lower. Okay. Here's maybe what I'm trying to say. The Riveters remind me a little bit of Team USA in that they have the skill to score a lot of goals. Um and when they get frustrated and, like, when a team comes that can, like, clog up the zone and break up passes and and a hot goaltender like Amanda Levier who can make the saves that she needs to make, like, I think they can get frustrated and put themselves in a position where they can beat themselves, which we've talked mm-hmm. about on this podcast before. Like, when the Riveters lose, it's because they beat themselves. When Team USA loses, it's because they beat themselves. Like, and the Buttes, like, of all the teams for them to play – is the team that does that the best. And they also had, like, the skill this year, too, to be able to, like, score the goals when they needed to. Um, and, and a goalie and Amanda Levier. Like, yeah. So it was it was a really excellent final, I think. It was, it was stupendously entertaining. Like, the last... I saw the last 15 minutes on the stream, and, like, it was... I was, like, on the edge of my seat in the press box. Oh, my God. The last 15 minutes were so stressful. The whole game was kind of stressful. Yeah. I think... I was thinking about it, and um, I was actually talking to my parents about it because they know what the NWHL and women's hockey is, and like my parents are pretty much the ones that got me into sports, um, and especially women's hockey, women's sports. And my mom texted me during the game and was like, "Wow, this is a really good game." Mm-hmm. I know. And I was like, That's so cool. "It is, isn't it?" <laughs> when I was talking to them, I was like. They're like, oh, are you, were you bummed that Boston wasn't in it? And I was like, 
not really because of the ma- of all the matchups we could have seen in the finals, I think this was the best matchup we could have seen. Mm-hmm. Because the, these two teams were the most evenly matched all season, especially considering Buffalo was the only team the Riveters lost to all season. Yeah. And and like as, as exciting as it was, I think in the CW to see like two teams that we didn't expect in the final, and it was still a really good game. Like I wanted the Buttes Rivers matchup. I wanted the mm-hmm. two favorites because like every time they've played this season, it's been just great. like it's been great hockey, and this it's was been such good hockey. This was no exception, and especially because. Um... The NWHL has the Twitter sports part or the Twitter streaming partnership. Mm -hmm. You're reaching such a large audience, um, which I think like my parents wouldn't necessarily, though they know I am part of the NWHL cover and photograph for them. And sports are a big part of our family dynamic. And my mom was a former college athlete. They might not necessarily seek it out, but if it's like, there for them to click on mm-hmm. when they like turn on the Twitter as they like to call it. <laughs> um, I think for it to be such a strong game and be broadcast so widely is so great. They, they had, when I was watching, they, they have like the little uh, counter in the corner, of like how many people are watching and like at its peak, I think there were like 29,000 people watching at one time. And I saw a tweet from Marissa and Jemmy that said there were, like, total almost a million views. And, like, that doesn't mean that there was a million people watching the whole game. But, like, that's a huge number. Like, it's and that's huge. And that's probably worldwide. Like, we don't, we don't know where people were watching from. But, like, the, the, this Twitter partnership was really well done by the NWHL. Yeah. And I think there's ways to improve, like, um, broadcast quality. And that that will come with, like, time and money and, you know... It, it, it's going to take a bit, but in terms of getting the game out on a platform that's accessible and easily available, they, the Twitter, this Twitter deal was a home run. And that doesn't even count the fact that in Buffalo, I think like 716 yeah. Sports Bar. Yeah. I'm definitely bumbling the name of that restaurant. Seven, seven bar, one, 716. Put it on their big screen. Like, the Twitter stream of it was on their big, stream, they big had, screen. They had a watch party. Like, they had a women's hockey championship watch party at a bar. Which, like, if if I was lived closer, I would have driven to Buffalo to watch. Because yeah. that's so kick-ass. Like, I wish we had more of that. I know. Um, so that doesn't even count the, like, number of eyeballs that saw the NWHL product. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... So interesting in comparison to the N- to the CWHL, where your stream was so limited. It's it's a different. Uh, I know I know they still got some good numbers too. Like I think in the past they've averaged like a hundred thousand views, maybe more. Um, I'm thinking like old All Star games. We didn't actually yeah. get uh, broadcast numbers yet for this year's Clarkson's. Like we don't actually know how many people were watching, but like. In the past, it's been around 100K, which is really good still. But again, you're limited to a geographic location. Yeah. And you're also getting that negative PR experience of, well, we can't watch it here or 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 here. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and this is just this is an example again. Like Janine Weber was on the NWHL broadcast. Her family lives in Austria. Her mom lives in Austria, and she had a pretty adorable shout out to her mom, who was like, "Hey, mom, thanks for watching games. I don't even play in." <laughs> And there was somebody who tweeted um, during the Clarkson that the game was available in some on some channels in China, which was interesting to me. I'm kind of hmm. like, how do we get the, how do how does that work broadcast wise? Like, I'm sure when Kunlin made it, like they made sure that there was going to be availability yeah. for them to watch their team. So like, that's that was cool, but like other places want to watch it too. So, um. Can we talk about kind of just like I'm I'm thinking back to like season one, New York Riveters, and just like how bad they were. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rose fans, they were terrible in season yeah. one. They were bad, and like to see like three years, like end of season three, like to go from like worst to first. It's like it's so. It's so cool. And I would argue that the Riveters have had one of the most loyal fan bases. Oh, yeah. And so I think even though they were pretty bad, bad, they were just bad (laughs) the first season. It's to me like, and they've also had one of the most consistent coaching staffs and uh, team. Yeah, and I think it's it's really funny to me. It's it's funny to me that you say consistent, but you're right in that are they they're the only team that hasn't changed head coaches or GM. No. Wiseman mm. wasn't Wiseman wasn't GM in in season 1. But yeah. he he's been GM and head coach for the last two seasons. It's Well, the Pride have a new coach had a new coach this season. Same with the Whale. And I can't remember who the Buttes head coach was first season. They definitely, well, they definitely have a new GM because, uh, what's her face isn't there anymore. Oh, Shelly Looney. Shelly Looney was, um, she, okay, so Rick Sealing and Shelly Looney co-coached, uh, the Buttes. Oh, that's right. And then Sealing was named GM and Looney was no longer part of the team. And and now they had uh, Craig Mooney as a coach. Oh, Linda Mraz also used to be the GM. So they they changed a lot, and like that's been kind of consistent too. But um, it's funny because like uh, Chad Wiseman has been kind of one of the more polarizing um, mm. figures like in coaching because like season one people were ready like they were calling for him to like be fired because his team was so bad. And the way that he was rolling, like, the identity they had in season one was, like, chippy, like, grinded out, like, very physical style hockey, mm-hmm. like, and, and, like, you know, there were players, as we've seen this year, like, Madison Packer, who, like, can't score goals, are very talented, and they were playing this style of hockey that didn't really seem to suit them. And so, people were like, get him out of this coaching role, and then he was named GM, and I got very mad. Um, but, like, it's, it's, you know, you give him time and, like, the team is completely different. Not only mm-hmm. in, like, 
the players on the staff or players on the staff, players on the team, like, um, but how they're playing and like they, they did really manage to, you know, address needs that they had and, and put them in a system that allowed them to have success. And I am very glad he, he announced uh, that he's retiring after this year. So I am very glad that he did get his Isabel cup. Yeah. And I think one thing that was interesting is that, so this is also Chad Wiseman's last season. It came out a few days before the Isabel that he just, would be returning to Canada to coach a minor league men's team. Oh. Um, he's in the ECH. Oh, um, I didn't know. Which he, I may have just bumbled that. I didn't know he was um, going to coach an ECHL team. Yeah, he's been commuting. So it turns out he's been commuting from Canada. Oh, my God. Um, where his family lives to coach the Riveters for the last three seasons. Really? Which well, is, he, he's been doing that the last three seasons? Yeah. He's been like going back and forth. Oh my God. Uh, which is like a pretty big commitment for someone to make. Um, and so for him to go out on top is awesome. But also a couple of the players had said that Chad, after the first season, very much learned how to coach women. Yeah. Cause I don't Not that he... it's necessarily different. It is, though. But just, like, learned how to coach in the NWHL, I think, would be a better way than learned how to coach women. Because they've all – the same ones have said, like, he treats us like players. He treats us not like women but like hockey players. But also, like, it is a different coaching style because it's a different mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And I think we've really seen the Riveters – benefit from that i mean well like yeah there's no there's no checking and every time you talk to a women's hockey player they talk about like it's more of a puck possession game it's a little bit more skill and like you you see the difference in style from season one to season three and how the riveters play and like Mm -hmm. it's it's dramatically different and so i think that's totally accurate to say that like he he learned you know, play, coaching for three seasons, what it was going to take to win in this league and, and how yeah. to get the players who could do it. And um, he seems like a really, like, excellent coach. Like, I, I'm glad that the players like him. I think the fans love him now. And, and... It'll be very interesting to see who yeah. fills that role in the future because, you know, there's um, the assistant coach, Lorna Cook, who is the head coach of um, Princeton Day School, who uh, a high school, and I don't know who their other assistant coach is, but there's another dude that stands on the bench. <laughs> um, I would love to see a woman in that role. Maybe they promote their assistant coach to the head. Same. Um, I would love to see Lorna as the head coach. Yes. She's such a great person and I think she's a great advocate for the sport um, and especially since she has that experience head coaching high school not that that's like the, the same thing and like comparable but I think having a high school like it's a good pipeline is what you, I'm trying to you say. have to have some experience coaching I think um girls or women um how do you what about a former player 
A former end-up player potentially Ooh. filling a role. Like, I mean, I don't know if she's still planning on playing or not. Um, Stretch, Ashley Johnston, um, when she was hurt, was on the bench for a bit. Yeah. Um, I don't, maybe we see... Oh, God. Oh. Maybe we see a former player. Uh, yeah, that'd definitely be interesting. Um, Madison Packer is one that comes to mind besides mm. Ashley Johnson mm-hmm. just because she's been so injury prone. Um, oh, she took a pretty dirty hit um, by um, Sarah Casorso in the first period where she went down and was down for a while and mm. Ashley Robbins, the, uh, the athletic trainer came out and Packer did skate off more or less. Well, she skated off. They didn't have to like cart her off or anything. She definitely needed help, but she went straight back down under the, into the room. Mm. Uh, and there was some speculation as to if Packer was coming back because she did miss <laughs> a good part of the beginning of the season with, um, after having hip surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remembered who the GM of the Riveters was in season one, Danny Ryland. Yeah, I figured you. that was why you were laughing, to be completely honest. Yep, I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing where the commissioner of the league was also a general manager. Listen, uh, I don't even want to get in. That's a whole nother... That's like a series. That's not even another podcast. That's like a couple, like a podcast series. Do you remember the issues with the whale? Oh my god. I wonder if that's even still up online. Because FanRag doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. That that's was the problem with women's hockey uh, media is all of our stuff disappears. It's the worst. Okay. Okay, we're <sighs> both we're both yachting. Um I've got a good stop Michelle question. Wait, I just got three really good ones. Okay. I've well I have one, so I have three, so. so... Okay, pick one. Suck it! Let's stump Hannah. Okay, you go first. How many questions do you have? I have one. I could, I could if I'm put under pressure, come up with another one. But I have one. Am I ready? Okay, I'll go with... I'll just come up with one. Okay. Um... Literally, she DM'd me during the podcast, like six minutes ago. This came into my DMs. Uh, Leanne McKeon, I think. I don't don't know. I don't know. We're just going to go with that. Sorry, Leanne, if I totally just butchered your last name. Uh, She sent me three questions, which I will copy into my Slack so I don't lose the other two. But here's... This is the one I'm going to go with. Which two former Buffalo Buttes have now played for both Toronto GTA? I don't know what greater Toronto area teams. Say that. Let me, I'll, yeah. I'll say that again. Say that again. <laughs> Which two former Buffalo Buttes have now played for both GTA teams? Which former Buffalo Buttes? Mm-hmm. Well, I know Bozek is one. Megan Bozek. Because she was a fury, and now she and then she played for Markham this year, and she was also a beaut. Hmm. Okay. When you say former, 
So they weren't so they weren't on the team this year. Um, hold on, I need to Google. Gotta do a Google. What was the, what did you ask me about? I asked if they if they weren't on the Buttes this year. Correct. Devin Skeets. Is that your final answer? Yes. False. Wrong. Can I? Eh. Can, can I? The Lindsey Grigg. Eh. Damn. Uh. Is this other one on Markham or Toronto at the moment? Toronto. Oh well, that's why. Um. Former Buffalo Butte. Oh. Oh. Haley Williams. She's a U.S. Yeah. Oh. You still got it wrong though. I. Michelle. I know. I almost gave it up because I was like, no, not that one. Because she shares the name with Haley Williams of Paramore. So when I Google Haley Williams, that's the only thing that comes up. So, yeah. Oh, I probably could have got that one if I thought about it long enough. Damn it. Uh, she played for three different college teams. Did Which ones? She played for Bemidji State in 09 in 2010. Then she transferred to Robert Morris. Oh, that's weird. Then in 2013 to 2014, she played for Robert Morris. And then 14-15, she played for Miami of Ohio. Miami? Really? Miami yeah. of Ohio has a women's team? It might be a club team. It says ACHA next uh, to it. So maybe it's the club uh, team. I'm sorry to any ACHA people who are listening. We do not know that uh, part of – we don't know Division Three hockey super well. We're um, trying. We're trying. We're trying. There's so much. There's so much. Um, podcast question for Michelle. So I was chatting with uh, Chris Tanaway, who is one of the CWHL photographers this weekend, and we were talking about this question. Um, I don't know if they're the only ones who have done it, but um, we came up with two players who have done a quad gold so they have a they have a olympic gold an iihf world gold a cwhl and nwhl championship so i need you to name two players who have done that hillary knight yeah and brianna decker yeah dex was on the blades when they won the cwhl the pride when they won the first NWHL. She was on Worlds last year and Olympics this year. Yes. Why did it? No, we definitely came up with more than two then. Okay. There's, there's a, a lot more than two. What? No, there's not because we went and we looked at the, well, you know what? There probably Ka- is. Casey Bellamy. Yep. She's another. Because um, we looked at, we not were looking Megan at. Megan Duggan. No. I've done yet. this before. No. Damn it. No, Megan Duggan isn't one of them because she was on the Buttes in the first season and the Pride in the second, so she was in the finals both years. Oh, um, oh my God, I forgot she was on the Buttes that first year. Yeah. I was hoping that was going to be more difficult for you than it was. Oh, no, that was so easy. <laughs> Gigi Marvin? I don't think she was on a Blades team that won. Yeah. Are you sure? Pretty sure Gigi was on the Blades when they won. That's yeah, it. she in 2013 she won. See, that's what we looked at the 2015 roster, but I know that they've won, like the Blades won before that. So like there are other players who were on a roster that we didn't look at. Yeah. Um, 
Casey is a two-time. Same with Hillary Knight. Uh, Kelly Stedman was on that Blades team. <gasps> Wait. No, but she hasn't. She doesn't have Worlds or Olympic. But she's also the no. NWC dub co-champ. That yes. will, that's something that I'd be interested to see in. Which players have won both? That can be an off-season topic. Yes. Yes. Um, mailbag? Mailbag! Wow, yeah. I haven't sang in a while. I know, you need to sing right now. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Ding. Um, so we got a question from Jesse Spector, and he wanted to know what our thoughts were on playoff format. So Ooh, I saw this and I liked it. Mm-hmm. So, like, he says which playoff format is better. Multiple games is obviously more fair, but having gone to the Isabel Cup, I have a hard time imagining a better atmosphere than the one winner-take-all game. And I'm not sure if he's talking about which playoff format is better in the C-dub and the N-dub because both of them have a winner-take-all final. But the difference is that in the CWHL, they have a best-of-three semi. And then in the NWHL, it's it's a winner-take-all. It's a one-game loser-go-home for both rounds of the playoffs. Um, do you remember, though, that in the first season of the NWHL, they did do a three-game series for the final. Mm-hmm. I... We went to the Clarkson that year. Yep. Yep. And it went and it went to it was two games and then the the Pride won in a shootout. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what we watched uh in that Airbnb mm-hmm. that had the dog? Uh-huh. Yes. Where we had the Fiat. <laughs> yeah, the cute little car. Little um, baby Fiat driving through Canada. Oh my god, I'm flashing back so hard. <laughs> and we ate like Tim Hortons in the car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we had Timbits. That was like the first thing we did. We drove. We made sure we found a Timbits. It was right across the street from like the the subdivision we were in. Yeah. Um, We've had some good trips. Maybe that can be a uh, off season topic. Is just us recounting all the trips we've taken. That would be brilliant. That might be a good Patreon one. Um, yeah, we should do that. Um, see, I kind of, this one's tough. I do like the three game series, but I don't like how it would have to be done in women's hockey at the moment, which is like, it has to be on weekends that it has to be three games in three days. I don't Mm -hmm. like that. Um, that said, I liked the C-dubs, how the semis were a best of three, and the final was a one winner-take-all, because if we hadn't had that best of three, we wouldn't have had that dramatic, like, um, triple overtime game with Cunlin and Calgary. Hmm. I find it interesting that you think the semis should be three games rather than the finals. I kind of agree. I'm kind of with Jesse on this one in that I like the drama of the final being up like being anyone's game. Like from a from a sports fan perspective, if I was a fan of either team, I think I would be like not. But like 
but just kind of for the sake of like, I don't know, like like the Buttes, like okay, like if the Buttes had been in a best of three last year, they wouldn't have won the Isabel Cup. Brianne McLaughlin can't do that twice. Boston wasn't gonna come out in game two and we're like, oh well, guys, guess we're just gonna roll over and let Buffalo. Like they would have killed them. Oh yeah. Like, but like. The Buttes winning was, like, the best story of that year. Like, Brianne McLaughlin's, like, incredible performance and Harrison Brown winning the Isabel Cup and, like, Corinne Bowie being the only player to win it on, like, two different teams. Like, there were so many great storylines. And, like, that happened because it was a one-game final. And, like... Yeah, I, I get that. I think I would like... I would like to have a seven-game series. Honestly, like, I'd like a full out, like, give me a series. But, like, if it has to be, like, a one or a three, I like, I like the one game. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I do agree that, like, this is the only way that women's hockey can have a, in its current iteration, it's the only way it can have a playoff. In a perfect world, we see a playoff series where, like, they can extend it so it's not three games in three days. Mm-hmm. It's three games in five days. Um, and I think that's where a little bit of my hesitation comes in. Is that, like, is that truly, like, how is that? I don't, I, I don't think, I think the three-game series is fairer. Like, I, I'd rather... I like the idea of a series in terms of, like, who is actually the better team. Like, a, a three-game or a five-game or a seven-game series will probably yeah. reflect that better than a one-game winner-takes-all. But, from a chaos perspective, I like the one-game. I like the one-game. Hashtag Team Chaos. I just wish there was more money in women's hockey. Yeah, yeah story in my life basically I would love to see like an actual playoff series like a longer season I'd rather have a longer I'd rather um no no I take that back I was gonna say I'd rather see a longer season and keep the one game final but actually I I don't think I'd like that I think I'd rather I'd keep like the 28 or however long the season was this year if it meant we could have a like five game final See, but I wouldn't want to do a five-game final with a 28-game season. That's a fifth of the season is the playoffs. I'd rather... But I'd rather have a playoff that mattered than make players go through a longer season only to have them have to turn around and say, well, now you're more tired and also you only have one game to win the championship. Yeah, but in this in, in this imaginary world we're living in, uh, they have an NHL length season. Oh, where okay, are we are we playing like we're like playing an imaginary 80, world, like an eighty-two game season? We're playing like this is their full time job we're for play- everybody. Okay, we just took a big step. We're doing Calvin Ball now. Oh, I thought I I thought that's where we were at. No, I took no, that. No, that's step. fine. No, we can do that. Eighty-two games. Okay, so I mean, maybe not eighty-two games, mostly because. Well, yeah, no, no. Let's just go all in. We're just gonna go all in, all in. 
just all in. In my dream world, this is just, for lack of better word, WNHL. Not saying the NHL is, like, involved, but it's the Women's National Hockey League. I wish that there was a video of this because I'm gesturating very strongly right now. Gesturating? Yeah, because gesturing sounds weird. Gesturing is the word. Gesturing is the word yes. you're looking for. <laughs> oh no, I forgot what I was saying. Calvin Ball, NHL, NHL, 82 game season. Or maybe, oh yeah, maybe not. It's like an actual thing. Like all in, hardcore, go. I mean, if 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 that's if it's full time, if it's their full time job, then yes, I want a longer season, and yes, I want like a seven game final. Absolutely, like I like like the I like the winner take all in the here's okay here's what we do, let's say there are still two leagues in this imaginary world. Oh, we get a we get a winner take all final between the two winners. No, you that's rather, where I want the three game series. You want a series in that too? Yeah. Part of me likes the drama of a one game. Like, win or go home. I, I you... want the three games. That's where I want the three game series. Okay. I, get, I mean, I get, yeah, okay. You, that can be dramatic too. Fine. Okay. Fine. Fine. Because there is a winner take all. You just, like, get the drama of, like, the underdog and, like. Yeah. Um, um, um. So let's do a couple star bench cuts and then we will sign off. Good, because um... it smells like my tacos are almost ready. You have tacos. All the time when we record. Is it, is it because it's on a Tuesday? Is it because we record on Tuesday? It's also because, like, it's 9.15 and it's a pretty quick thing to make. Mm. Um, okay, start bench cut. Uh, this is from Eric Gustafson. Sydney Morin, Hallie Krasaniak, Megan Mickelson. I already know. I already have mine. Wait, say it again? I got distracted. Sydney Morin, Hallie Krasaniak, Megan Mickelson. Sydney Morin, Hallie Krasaniak, and Sydney Morin. Megan Mickelson. Nope, Megan Mickelson. Not, not two Sydney Morins. Start Mickelson. Bench Morin, cut Hallie. You cut Krasaniak. Michelle, I want to. I, ta- I want to well take established. you. I want to take you back to our gold medal episode. What did I do? Oh fuck! I'm be- I'm st- I'm starting Mickelson. Yeah, I'm benching Krasaniak. I'm cutting Morin. Yeah, nope, that's true. I forgot about the gold medal game. <laughs> How do you forget? I don't know. I oh my god. I I also though like regardless of like whether Morin had a good game in the gold medal game or not, like I like Hallie Krasaniak. Like even if she had had a good day, good game, I would have had a hard time picking between cutting Morin or Krasaniak. You, you just, I have to start Mickelson. Like, oh yeah. Like I have to. Um, also, like, oh my god, I'm so, I feel so dumb. Um, Megan Mickelson's husband is not coaching the Calgary Inferno. I love that you like, essentially DM'd me that on. Sunday. I like they showed something on the Clarkson Cup broadcast, and I was like, "Oh, that's why she's in Sweden." Like Thomas Patina or Pacina or however you say his last like is the new Calgary coach, and I was like, "You know what? Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense why she's and because Calder and um, Scott are with Megan in 
Sweden. Uh, do you know what that screams to me? What? Uh, the, it, 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 nothing about them, but the issue in comms in women's hockey. Well, I'm pretty sure we got a press release about it. <laughs> okay, never mind. I th- right, let me, let me actually try and see. Oh, I want this. They had an article on the website that I but I can't find a press release in my email. They got a whole... Gina Kingsbury was the only returning member of the coaching staff. They hired two new assistants and Thomas. And it doesn't say anything about why Scott didn't come back. Hmm. <sighs> Gina Kingsbury is returning as an assistant coach with the Inferno in her third season. Having coached with the Inferno in the 2015-16 Clarkson Cup Championship year and last season, 2016-17. And then it talks about, so she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, former player. Um, She works for Hockey Canada as the director of the National Women's Teams Program. Hmm. And she's the assistant coach on the Calgary Inferno. Which is like... Hmm. Team Canada. Eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji, eyeball mm-hmm. emoji. Mm-hmm. That's awfully convenient. Uh, smart for her. She gets to see her players all the time, but like awfully convenient. It's Do- definitely the end of the season because we're both like, <laughs> we need to go sleep for like a hundred years. I know. Uh, we have another start pitch cut. Oh, we had that Darwitz Rogerio Granado one, but I haven't. I think we should just wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. Not just because my tacos are ready. Actually, wait, I've got one more. I'm sorry. No, uh, it's fine. I'm just you know what? jokingly. No, we'll save it for next week. You're right. We need to, we need to wrap it up. Um, this will be a short one, we said an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can support assuming us. Assuming you're still listening. Assuming you're still listening. Hopefully this wrap-up is better than last week's. Um, uh, if you like what you just heard on Top Shelf, uh, you can also listen to one of our The Ice Garden podcasts, which is the Founding Four podcast, hosted by Erica Ayala and Mike Murphy. They talk about the NWHL in greater detail than we do, uh, and they're very smart and funny and just brilliant reporters, and you should listen to their podcast. And if you already listen to The Founding Four, or if you want to support uh, us as a network, you can go to the Ice Garden Podcast Network on Patreon uh, and support us there. We have bonus stuff, extra content. Uh, we recently released a new crossover episode where all four of us uh, got together and talked about a, a general topic in women's hockey. Uh, and it went really well, I think. Um, we had some really good conversation. Um, and that's something that you will have access to if you can support us. Every little bit helps. Uh, we like to have um, some more money so that we can buy better equipment. Um, compensate hey. Eric. Eric. Michelle, you're literally recording on your phone. Like, we need to get you a mic. We do. <laughs> a real live big kid mic. Um, I'm a big kid now. You will be when you have a mic. Did you sing the mailbag? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> you sang and I was like shit um, uh, yeah so if you can please support us we would really really appreciate it if you already support us you're the bomb.com thank you very much yeah you're the best um, 
tweet us your top shelfies. If you listen to the podcast, we want to see who's uh, listening. Uh, use the hashtag top shelfie. Um, also, if you want a question potentially answered on the podcast, please tweet them at Michelle and I and use the hashtag top shelf mailbag. That is how we search for them on Twitter. We it's the off season. It's the off season now. Oh my god. Uh, we're, we're, there's still like some we're stuff. We're in denial. Well, we are in denial. It's not quite the off season yet. There's kind of like this weird. So like next week we will hopefully be talking a little bit more. Maybe do some like season wrap ups. Um, but also the uh, Russian uh, championship is gonna is coming up in April. Uh, the SDHL is still in the middle of its playoffs, which you know is not our um forte. But I'd like to try and do some more research so we can at least kind of give you an idea of, like, what's going on in those leagues. Also, like, the world championships are coming up for, like, the lower levels. And so we'll probably be talking a little bit more about that. Um, for example, Or like, as you called them today, baby worlds. Baby worlds. Um, uh, <laughs> Team China is going to be playing in those, which is going to be super interesting after they just played a full CWHL season, essentially. Um, so we'll be talking about that, but, like, if you have ideas for, like, topics that you want us to talk about this summer, like, the history of the Patty Cavs, which somebody suggested, or, and that we have basically done. That was me! Well, I suggested no, that. No, somebody tweeted that at us, too. Oh. And Michelle. And Michelle mentioned it, too. The history of the Patty Cavs, or, like... Book reports. Book reports on, like, yeah, on past Patty Cavs winners, or, like, just, like, past women's hockey players in general, or, like... How do I watch women's hockey? Or, like, I'm new. Give me a Spark Notes version of what the NWHL is. Oh, God. Or, like, I'm a diehard fan. Let's talk about fancy stats in women's hockey. Like, like literally anything. Tweet, tweet them at us. Like, we, we are trying to, like, come up with episodes that you want to listen to. And so the more ideas you give us, the more we can try and, like, plan out our summer schedule. We also want to try and get some more guests on. So if there's somebody that you want to hear... Uh, tweet us and we'll see what we can do um feel free to tag them too so you know <laughs> yeah that would be helpful i believe that's it unless i've uh michelle where can we find you on twitter you can find me on the tweeters at michelle underscore j oh shit is that my twitter handle? yeah yeah michelle underscore j a y three i thought the i couldn't remember where the underscore came <laughs> Did you know what I realized the other day? That our Twitter handles are very similar. They are actually very similar. <laughs> uh, um, and you can find me at Hannah underscore Beavis one. It's literally the same See format. how they're similar? Wait, it's, just, it's the same format. We just pick different numbers. Yeah. Because Hannah thinks she's number one and I know I'm the third. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, we'll man. talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, I dropped my pen again. The ice card. Podcast question for Michelle. Podcast question for Michelle. Oh. Podcast question for Michelle. Podcast question for Michelle. Sorry. Da, da, da. It's definitely going to be one of our beginning or ends.